0: Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Today, our topic is going to be the fruit Adam and Eve ate in the Garden of Eden. Was it an apple or was it a grape? Now, if you want to understand some prophecies, especially in Revelation, actually understand this is going to be real important. Matter of fact, there's been a lot of people that have said, oh, well, America's not in the Bible because they did not understand this. As you know, many times when you understand this in the Bible, it helps you to understand that. Conversely, when you don't understand this, you don't understand that. This is one of those major things. This is going to be really important. When I went through this in our church, I had several people come up to me and say, Stan, you got to put this on the Internet. So, okay, here we go. I'm about to put it on the Internet. So I looked up the word Apple. Surprisingly, Apple is... A pretty innocuous fruit. It doesn't hurt, doesn't harm anybody, according to the Bible. As a matter of fact, the word apple only appears in the King James Bible only eight times. Those are the scriptures, need not read all of them. None of them are saying anything bad about the apple. But then I looked up grape, and I found grape 43 times. And guess what I found? Almost every time a grape, or the vine, or wine is involved, it's almost always bad. I'm going to submit to you that what Adam and Eve ate was not an apple. Actually, it was a grape. I will show you. Let's go first to Numbers six one, And the Lord spake to Moses saying, speak unto the children of Israel and say to them, when a man or woman shall separate themselves to a vow, a vow of a Nazarite. Now, this is a really important vow. Okay. To separate, separate themselves unto the Lord, he shall separate himself from wine and strong drink. So first thing they say is, if you want to be close to the Lord, you got to be away from wine or the vine and strong drink. Now, if you think that I'm trying to talk you out of drinking alcohol, then you're missing the point. I'm not trying to say one way or the other that that is not the point of this talk. I'm trying to say that it was not an apple. It was a grape. And when you understand that, I'm going to show you some things at the end that you're going to say, wow, I never understood that before. I never saw that before promise. It's going to be good. So he says, uh, he'll sh- separate himself from wine and strong drink and shall will drink no vinegar of wine. Same thing. Vinegar of strong drink. Neither shall he drink any liqueur or liquor of grapes, nor eat moist grapes or dried. Now you recall when Daniel did his famous fast, uh, one of the things he said is he wasn't going to eat to drink any wine. Well, I extended that to have anything to do with the vine because of what I'm about to show you here today. So it's basically saying everything from the vine is actually bad, whether it's a grape, a raisin, or the liquid that comes out of the grape, be it fermented or not. In other words, everything from the vine, the vine represents sin. That's where we're going with this. That's what I'm going to show you in the scriptures. All the days of his separation shall he eat nothing that is made of the vine tree. From the kernels, even to the husk. <laughs> kernels, that means from the seeds all the way to the outs. Nothing, nothing, nothing from the vine. Shocking, huh? It gets worse. Then Samson, let's go to Judges thirteen four. Now, therefore, beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine or strong drink, nor eat anything unclean. Now, this is the angel talking to Samson's mom. Let's go on. But he said to me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and now drink no wine or strong drink. We'll skip down. She may not eat anything that cometh up from the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink. Then also you jump to Judges 13, 28. Absalom commanded his servants, saying, Mark ye now what on Ammon's heart is merry with wine, and when I say unto you, Smite Ammon, then kill him. So in this case, a man was made drunk so that he could be easily killed because of the wine. The other case, uh, Samson's mom was told not to drink, and also Samson was not to have anything to do with the vine or any kind of strong drink. And here's an example of a man being killed that's associated with the vine, and there's more coming. Israelites spy out the land, and when they return, what do they return with? A cluster of apples? No, it's a cluster of grapes. What does it do? It gets them in trouble. They have to wander in the wilderness 40 years because of grapes. Well, I mean, not directly, but indirectly, that is what it's saying. Let's go on. Deuteronomy 32. For the vine is the vine of Sodom. Oh, So here's an example of what comes from the vine is related to Sodom. And of the fields of Gomorrah, and the grapes of the grapes of Gaul. It's referring to the things that come from the vine are sin. And it's not going to get any better. Judges 9.27. And when they went out of the fields, and gathered the vineyards, and trod the grapes, and made merry. Well, in other words, <laughs> they got happy, and sometimes you get happy like that, and you get in trouble. Then you go to Judges 25.30. Therefore prophesy thou against them with all these words, and say to them, The Lord shall roar from high and utter his voice from his holy habitation, and he shall magnify roar, he shall mightily roar roar upon his habitation. He shall give a shout as they that tread the grapes against all the inhabitants of the earth. So there's a hint where we're going. This is talking about the return of the Lord, and when he returns and he kills all of his enemies, all of those in sin, he refers to them as grapes. Very interesting. It gets better, too. Then we go to Judges thirty-one twenty-nine. And in those days, they shall no more. Thy fathers have eaten a sour grape, and the children's teeth are set on edge. But everyone shall die of his own iniquity. Every man that eateth the sour grape, his teeth shall be set on a- edge. Okay, so is he talking about we've got to kill people that eat grapes, especially if they're sour? In other words, they're not ripe? No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying that we kill people that sin. Mm. (laughs) more. So then I looked up, okay, let's look up wine or wines, either whether it has an S or whether it doesn't have an S. Guess what I found? More proof. Found 243 verses that have either wine with an S or not with an S. Here's Noah. Yeah, you remember Noah, uh, one of his sons was cursed because he drank some wine after the flood. See, I believe that before the flood, things didn't ferment. They didn't spoil. I mean, I think you could lay out meat for years before the flood, and it wouldn't spoil. Now, maybe the flies would get on it, but I mean, it didn't spoil. It didn't rot. But then after the flood, that's the reason the vine here, Noah didn't know that it was going to make him drunk so he made wine like he did before the flood only this wine fermented and it made him drunk and then one of his sons came in and did a homosexual act and that caused lots of problems but the point is it started with the fruit of the grape or the fruit of the vine we go to genesis 1932 and this talks about how lot didn't have any sons and this is after the angels took Lot and his two daughters and took them up into the mountains. His two daughters uh, decided that they, they needed to have children. And they didn't have any men around, so they lied, laid with their dad. But how did they get their dad, or Lot, to lay with them? The story tells that the two daughters made their father drink wine. They got him drunk. And they both got pregnant, had children, which, by the way, those children were a constant thorn in the side of the Israelites. So once again, divine is to blame for more trouble in people's lives. Here's Isaac. Now, you remember Isaac. Okay, so uh, Esau was supposed to get the firstborn uh, blessing, and he sent Esau out to go get him venison. While Esau was uh, hunting, Jacob comes in, set up by the mom, Jacob comes in and says, I'm Esau, go ahead and bless me. Well, if you look here, he says, and he says, uh, and he said, bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's venison, that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him, and he did eat, and he brought him wine. So here we see wine had to do with uh, Isaac making the wrong decision and placing the wrong blessing upon Jacob. The blessing was supposed to go on Esau, instead, it went upon Jacob. So Isaac, God. So once again, wine was the problem. Matter of fact, wine, I'm going to show you whatever comes from the vine all through the Bible, is bad, 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 bad. And apple, not a problem. Not a problem. No place. Apple is a problem. Vine, fruit of the vine, everything is a problem. Then priests, Leviticus 10.9. The Bible tells priests, do not drink wine or strong drink, especially, it says here, When you go into the tabernacle, lest you die. So if they drank wine before they went to the tabernacle, now why? Because God is in the tabernacle. So it's saying if you want to get close to God, don't drink wine, and I'm going to add to it, or anything that comes from the vine. As a matter of fact, I stopped eating raisin (laughs) bran because it's got raisins in it. I like raisin bran. I stopped eating raisin bran because when I did this study, I thought, whoa. Raisin bran, raisins, that's bad. There you go. I mean, you, you can't cut it any other way. That's the way it slices. Then the covenant renewed with Moab. Now, this is kind of lengthy. I'll just skim through it here. It says, these are the words of the covenant that, uh, which the Lord commanded to Moses to make to the children of Israel. We'll skip down. So he says, I've led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not waxed upon you. Your shoes, not waxed upon thy foot. So the clothes for 40 years, their, their shoes didn't wear out. The clothes didn't wear out. Even not eaten bread. Now here it is. Neither have you drunk wine or strong drink that you may know that I'm the Lord, your God. So if you've that, that means that if we sin, the wages of sin is still death, right okay so if we sin, then that's the the sin of the, the picture of sin is the vine or the things that come from the vine, wine, grapes, things like that, but because they didn't have anything like that or among the the sin, because they were sinless as they were in the desert walking with the Lord, their clothes didn't wear out their their shoes didn't wear out. And it specifically said that because they were close to, they didn't have wine or strong drink, they were close to the Lord. Therefore, the words of the covenant, that you may do them, that you may prosper in all that you do. Staying away from the vine, you prosper in all you do. Wow, yeah, (laughs) it really is that important. Here's another one. The Song of Moses says, "Their wine is the poison of dragons and the cruel venom of asps. In this example, Satan takes Job's, property, and children. Kills his children. But notice, wine is involved. Job 1.13. And there was a day when Job and his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house while he was speaking. There came another and said, thy sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine, and the devil killed them. Drinking wine. So it's right in the middle of it. Then we jump to Isaiah five eleven. Woe to them that raise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drink and continue until the night, until wine inflame them. So when we drink wine, it's a problem. And the harp and the viol, and the tablet and the pipe and the wine are in their feasts, but they regard not the work of the Lord, neither consider the operation of his hands. So wine turns the heart away from God. That's what that's saying. Woe to them that are mighty to drink wine, and men of strength to mingle strong drink. Now, in my opinion, I think that's saying that if we want to be close to the Lord, we stay away from the fruit of the vine, and that includes raisins. <laughs> I don't like it. I, you know, I like my raisin bread. Uh That includes raisins. That includes grapes, and especially wine. Okay, Wine's especially bad. So, you know, I don't know. I'm not smart enough to figure out all of this. I'm just saying that... This is the picture that is in the Bible. And since I want to be close to the Lord, I'm going to stay away from it. Verse twenty-two, thirteen. 13. Behold, joy and gladness, slaying oxen, killing sheep, eating flesh, and drinking wine. Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we shall die. The famous verse. And it has wine in it. In other words, we don't care about what we do today. We're going to sin like there's no reward for it, and then tomorrow we die. And that's in the middle of it is the word wine. Judgment on Ephraim and Joseph uh, in Jerusalem. Here, verse 28, I'm sorry, I should have had the whole verse here. Woe to the crown of pride of the drinkers, uh, drunkards of Ephraim, whose glorious beauty is fading flower, which on the head of the fat valleys of them that are overcome with wine. But they also erred through wine and through strong drink. So they erred. They erred through strong drink and they swallowed up the vine. So Here we see that making errors, making bad judgment, making wrong decisions is associated with wine and strong drink. Now, does that mean that everybody drinks wine every time they drink wine is going to make a wrong decision? No, I'm not even telling you not to drink wine. That's not my point. I'm trying to say that what they had in the Garden of Eden was not an apple. It was a grape, in my opinion. Remember the handwriting on the wall, Daniel chapter five. OK, so Belshazzar, this is the son of Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuchadnezzar is gone. And now his son is having a big feast. Verse two says, as he tasted the wine, the handwriting came on the wall. He said he drank wine, praised the gods, of gold, silver, brass, iron, wood and stone, which you neither know can see in here, walk or any of that. And as he was drinking wine, was when the handwriting came on the wall, meaning it equal to parson, your kingdom has been weighed and been divided and been found wanting, and that night he was killed. But what happened was, in the middle of it, to start it, <laughs> was wine. All right, so I think it's saying that a grape equals sin or wine equals sin. There's more. Daniel ten three. 3. Now this is Daniel, and he's saying, "Look, you know, when when he was uh, prisoner in Babylon, he this is his fast. This is he he wanted to know what these um, uh, these seventy years of judgment on Jerusalem meant. So in order to get the the answer from God, he said he ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in his mouth. So removing wine got him closer to God." Hosea four eleven. Whoredom and wine and new wine take away the heart. In other words, it moves us further away from God. It, it builds a fence between us and God. Amos 2.12. But you gave the Nazarites wine to drink and commanded the prophets saying, prophesy not. So the way you got the prophets not to prophesy was to give them wine. I didn't write this stuff. I'm just reporting, okay? Luke one fifteen. For he should be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall, this is talking about John the Baptist, and shall neither drink wine nor strong drink. So this is what was said of John the Baptist. This is what was said of Samson. Don't drink wine or strong drink if you want to be great in the sight of the Lord. Then you jump down to verse 733, and it says, for John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine. So all the days of John the Baptist, he never ate bread. Or drank wine, and I also think it's interesting that when Daniel did his fast, he stopped eating bread and he started drink and started drinking wine. And he didn't drink wine, did not drink wine, I and mean, we make that clear. Ephesians five eighteen: Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So if you back that up and reverse that, are you saying that if you're filled with the wine, you're not filled with the Spirit? Kind of sort of saying that, isn't it? Uh, 1 Timothy 3, three, not given to wine or striker. This is talking about what you look for in a deacon. In other words, if you want to be a church leader, you don't drink wine. That's what it's saying. Then we jump to, I can't tell you how many times people have said, oh, America's not in the Bible. As America's? is not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible anyplace. Well, I'm about to show you why sometimes they don't understand that. Jeremiah 50 and chapter 51, both chapters, in my opinion are talking about America. This specifically is verse seven jeremiah fifty one seven Babylon hath been a golden cup in the Lord's hand, in other words, she used to please the Lord, and hath made the earth made all the earth drunken, the nations have drunken of her wine. Does that mean now that America is the big wine grower of the world, and America ships wine around the world, and everybody in the world drinks wine that is grown in America, and that's what causes the nations to fall away? that's not what it means. Wine is talking about sin. How is it that America has made all of the earth sin and fall away? Well, who makes the movies? Who makes the music? Who makes the porn magazines? Uh, That would be America. That's what it's talking about. So you can exchange wine for sin. Revelation 14.8. And there followed another angel saying, Babylon, that's America, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. That great city, why? Because she made all nations drink of the wine. Again, are we the great wine producer of the world? No, no. But we are the producer of movies and music. We are the ones that cause the world to fall away. Why? How can we make them fall away? Because we are the nation everybody wants to be like. You go to Japan. They used to wear kimonos and things like that centuries ago. But when the Western influence came in, they wanted to dress like the Western people. All the world, they want to dress like Americans. They want to look like Americans. They want to be Americans. So as America fell away, as she fell into sin, the world followed America into the sin. That's what it's saying. Revelation 14, 9. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, if any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in the forehead, the same should drink of the... There it is again. So again, he's using the word sign or wine for sin. You can exchange wine for sin or sin for wine. Because, because America made all the nations turn away from God, God destroys us. Go to 1619, still Revelation, in the great city. That's probably talking about... It could be talking about Los Angeles, but in other places, uh, I've seen it, probably Los Angeles, but it could also be New York City. But I can tell you, it's not Jerusalem. The great seed was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came into remembrance before God to give her the cup of the wine. In other words, this is what he's bringing because America made the nations turn away. Then you jump down to Revelation eighteen three. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of a fornication. In other words, all the nations have fallen away from God because, well, because of America. It's not because we're the great wine grower. I mean, 20 or 30 years ago, we didn't grow very many grapes. And compared to, I mean, look at France and these other places. They were much bigger wine producers. It's not about wine. <clears throat> it's about sin, brothers and sisters. Let's go on. So in conclusion, let me encourage you to do a couple of things. I've been called of God to raise up an army of prophecy teachers working miracles. And the way we're going to do this from July 29 to August 2, here in Dallas, we're going to have the Sevenfold Miracle Crusades. And this is what we want to do. There's a lot of things we're going to do. Get you filled with the Holy Spirit. lay hand, But basically the two biggest things we want to do. I want to lay hands on you and anoint you with... Uh, oil. <laughs> this is yellow crude oil, so we won't put crude oil on you, but we do. <laughs> I thought I had some oil laid right there. Anyway, we'll anoint, I'll lay hands on you, anoint you with oil, and I'll pray that you get the revelation spirit that I got when I memorized the book of Revelation, as confirmed by Andre Bronkhorst. He said, I have that gift, and I can pass it on. Lastly, also will anoint you with honor oil and pray that you receive a prophetic gifting so that you can hear the voice of God And also, she's going to walk you through her school of the prophets. I'm going to teach you how to understand Bible prophecy in the two prophecy charts. Why? Because when the trouble hits, there's going to be a lot of people that are looking for answers. And God is going to send them to you. And you want to be able to give them an answer about prophecy. You want to be able to walk in sevenfold miracles. Because a great time, like mankind has never seen, is about to come upon the earth. That happens at the Sevenfold Miracle Crusades. Go to SevenfoldMiracleCrusades.com and get signed up. And by the way, when you get signed up, please stay at the Hyatt. It helps us to form the crusade. Besides, that you probably don't have time to go other places. anyway. And also get the meal package. It's a good deal. It's a good deal. It helps us put the thing together. Also, <clears throat> if you are thinking about getting some kind of precious metals, gold, silver, platinum, rhodium, whatever it might be, this guy is a prophecy student. Cornerstone Asset Medals, Terry Saka, and he he wants to get the word out. So what better place to be able to get your precious metals than CornerstoneAssetMetals.com? Tell them Prophecy Club sent you. Also, <clears throat> let me ask you two questions. What would you do if you had to tell someone the most important question, important, important information in the world, but you knew they wouldn't believe you? Well, if you're listening right now, probably you'd say, I'll tell him anyway. Okay, that brings us to the second question. What is the most important information in the world? Well, the most important information to do is to accept Jesus. The most important thing not to do is do not take the mark of the beast. Absolutely, positively, do not take the mark of the beast. If you take the mark of the beast, you cannot repent of it. So let me explain. There's actually four things we do not want to do. We do not want to worship the beast or his image, if you look over to the left. In other words, we do not bend the knee. We do not worship the beast or his image. And then there's three stamps that we can take. We do not take the mark. We do not take the name of the beast or the number of his name. Do not do any of those. If you do that, there's three groups of people when everything's said and done. The first group of people are those people whose name is in the book of life. They go to heaven, eternity. Second, if their name is not in the book of life, they're tossed into the lake of fire and brimstone, and they get soul death. They will be as though they had not been. The third group of people are those people who take the mark, and this is the scriptures where it's talking about it, and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up day and night, and they have no rest day or night, who worship the beast or his image or his image, or whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. So you do not want to take the mark of the beast. But then, there's nine deceptions that the devil is about to bring on the world. And in this book, miss the mark. I explain those deceptions. See, he's not coming after the Muslims. He's not coming after the Buddhists. He's not coming after the Satanists. He's he's coming after us. He's coming after those people that have read Revelation 13. We are the number one enemy. The Bible says if it were possible, it would deceive even the very elect. But what I suggest you do is you get this book, and the first thing you do is read it. It's a simple book. Take you about three hours to read it. Not bad at all. But then when you read this, this is what people are saying, they get motivated, they go out and hand it out. So how do you get someone to read it? I suggest you ask them the two questions. What would you do if you had to tell someone the most important information in the world? and what is the most important information in the world and hand them this book oh they may not read it right then but it's okay because down the road you still handed it to them at some point you'll be able to talk to them or be able to hand them that book that's extremely important you get that at prophecyclub.com one for twenty dollars but don't do that we offer them in shrink wrap sets of ten. One set of ten thirty two sets of ten forty five four sets for forty dollars <throat> This is what we believe is the mark of the beast, either yellow one or red one or either one. We're not certain of the colors, but we now have three people that confirm that this is what it looks like. Ken Peters and Estonia Lewis, I played her on the radio last week, and there's another guy, Adam uh, Andrew Harris, that also says, and he sent me a signed piece of paper, draw it out what he saw. And this is what he saw, too. So we've actually got three people saying that's what the mark of the beast looks like. This is what it looks like on the hand or the forehead. This is what it looks like if it's the number of the beast. The number of the beast looks like a swirl, and that means 666. Next thing is, back in about 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation, and I started getting revelations. I got 30 revelations and two visions and an audible voice, which I put in the book. One of the visions showed me <clears throat> that there is a secret door that links the feasts of leviticus twenty three to the prophecies of revelation fourteen four specifically the prophecies of revelation, but the word is first fruits, and when you link those two together for the first time, you can put the prophecies in revelation in correct chronological order see they're they're not written in chronological order, so this is actually this book is the key to understanding the prophecies of Revelation. That's why the name is The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. If you want to understand Bible prophecy, this book is a must. Not complicated, but it is deep. One prophetic word said it this way. There's a lock I put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open to you. And it will turn many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. Now, one for twenty, but don't do that either. Five for thirty, ten for fifty-five, you get a case for of sixty for two hundred and fifty dollars. Get the books at prophecyclub.com. Now, if you want to go to heaven, here's the way you get there. John three sixteen says you can have everlasting life. Romans three twenty-three says we've all sinned. Ephesians two eight nine, so it says it's a grace or it is by grace or a free get gift to get eternal life. And then we need to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus rose from the dead. Pray with me and I'll see you in heaven. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, I admit I'm a sinner. And I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is the Christ. Died on the cross, arose three days later. His blood washes me and my sins away. Writes my name in the book of life and keeps me holy and saves me in the day of trouble. In Jesus' name, amen. Send us a note and let us know that you just prayed that. Ask Stan at prophecyclub.com.